Welcome to the Sun Island. Welcome to Sun Island Studios Energy Bridge. Today we have a very exciting episode. Um, we're speaking today with Cornelia Williams. She is the proud owner of Flourish Finance. So we're very excited to get into certain aspects about business ownership, you know, bookkeeping, different stuff of that nature. Um, Cornelia, we're, I'll just kind of pass it over to you a little bit for you to do a quick little introduction on yourself. Tell us more about, uh, you know, your business and how, it, how you become to be in the business that you're in. Awesome. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Cornelia. And like Sheldon mentioned, I'm the proud owner of um, Flourish Finance. Um, I started my journey over 15 years ago. Um, when I graduated from high school, I was top of my class as uh, the accounting student, top accounting student of my class. And so it was easy for me to decide what I wanted to be in college or what I wanted to do in college. And um, that passion and that drive, that um, fuel, helped me, you know, throughout my college years. Um, I studied a four-year degree in accounting in Midwestern State University. I am not from Texas. I am from the Caribbean, an island called Dominica. Dominica, let's go. So, um, so I'm, I'm a native Dominican. And I, I truly enjoy um, speaking on accounting, speaking about bookkeeping, you know, making, um, giving the understanding, explaining the understanding of, you know, what it is the books are saying, what it is, you know, your finances is saying. Your finances tells a story, mm-hmm. and and I just truly enjoy explaining that to business owners, explaining the importance of your, your business finances. Um and so it's just become a part of, of my, my everyday life when it comes to, to um, work and my clients and my job. But outside of accounting, I'm a proud mom of two beautiful kids. I've been married for the past uh, five years. Oh, um, nice. And, you know, outside of that, I love to travel. I love to ha- spend time with my family. And, you know, that's a little bit about me. Cool. So... Dominica. Yes. Right? About what age you were when you came to the States? I left Dominica at 21. Yes. Um, Okay. I always ask uh, immigrants, uh, right? I always say immigrants get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) they really do. Um, So you've you've came here at 21, so you were were pretty mature by the age that you came, you know? Um, what what are some of the stock differences you've seen in the Caribbean growing up in Dominica versus when you come here in the U.S. as far as just opportunities or anything along the nature? What's, what are some of the biggest differences between the Caribbean and here? It was definitely a culture shock for me when I moved, um, despite being mature. Um <sighs> From just the everyday language, the way they pronounce certain things, the way mm-hmm. I pronounce certain things was different. Um, but more importantly, uh, the reason I moved here was for the opportunity. I 
I was passionate again about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to become. And I knew my country did not have that. It did not offer the education up to a certain level um, so I could pursue. I could only get up until an associate degree. And I, I really wanted more than just an associate degree because I believe that um, after some time, that would have become obsolete. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was important to me to pursue something further. So I would say one opportunity to definitely like just the the, the way we speak. Um, convenience in a lot of things in terms of like availability for medic medical needs. Um, here in the US, you can call 911 and you can immediately less than maybe 15 minutes, someone comes to your house Sometimes to assist you, right? <laughs> yeah, um, because they're just down the street. But because of demography and, and you know, location in Dominica, that was not a convenient thing for us. You know, to see a doctor, you would take some time, take days. Um, Sometimes you appear in the ER or the, the urgent section in the hospital and you won't be seen until a couple of days. So I would say those were the top three in terms of differences between my country and here. And, and I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to be here. Yeah. Um, so better all-around quality of life. Me, myself, coming from Jamaica, I totally relate. Yeah. Um, you get in an accident in my country, you're getting thrown in the back of a truck or exactly. something. Exactly. There's no ambulance. <laughs> exactly. You know, I actually have a cousin there right now. That's his dream. Mm. He's trying to create like uh, EMS, mm. real EMS, like okay. with the chop helicopters and real hurt, uh, I mean, ambulance, Yes. you know, so I think he's going to get there because he's a hard worker, That's you know, awesome. so um, people from the Caribbean, uh, from that diaspora, or just immigrants, say from Africa, or even from South America, they usually come here and they oftentimes goes in certain neighborhoods, mm -hmm. Um, and you've probably seen it over and over. And over time, they've found themselves ways how to traverse and navigate and, and move up to other neighborhoods. Why do you think that is? How? Why do you think a lot of immigrants come settling in certain neighborhoods and before you know it, give them five years or even less, they're owning houses, yeah. employing people? getting real professional work. What do you think? What's that I difference? I love that question, Coachella, because that is so true. Um, me, for example, when I came to the U.S., you know, I, I got a student loan, but it wasn't, you know, sufficient to carry me through four years. So me being an immigrant, I did not have the ability to live on campus like mm. some students. I had to live off campus. I had to pay a incentivized rent. Um, so... You know, that's a factor. We don't have much coming into this country. Um, we kind of work off what we have, the resources that we have. We don't have, we, we don't have um, the ability to work in the U.S. For example, when you come in here as a student, you work on a, you have an F-1 visa. You can't work off campus. You have to work on campus. Okay. You have to work certain hours. So you have so many limitations. We don't have that much resources. So because of that, um, you're limited to being able to be in certain areas, right? But what drives us to become better, to have businesses, to own homes and all of that good stuff is because, again, the opportunity. We did not have that, you know, 
back home, we've worked our asses off. You know, sorry for my friends. No, French, you're good. To to um become better, and and we've gotten to that place. So it just feels worth it to to be able to, you know, own businesses own homes you know if we want to reward ourselves with a nice car we do that you know because we did the work, did the work. with the work Absolutely. and and it's just only fitting to just get the icing on the cake yeah so you, you do the work um stuff like that and uh, you said earlier you proud mom of two mm-hmm. um as a parent that you know, we're coming from countries or just different areas where there were lack, right? Whether it's medical services, whether it's, you know, opportunity, but there's typically some type of lack because we come here usually for the opportunity. Exactly. We come here for the opportunity, we find that opportunity and we execute because we don't want to necessarily go back to where that lack is, right? But now we get kids. Yeah. And how do we give our kids that life of, you know, having something right but yet still have them actually know that this something is coming from nothing (laughs) because we created it how how do we how do we level that square if that makes sense (laughs) so i like that question sheldon um i'm still i'm not gonna say i'm savvy at it but my plan is to educate my kids you know um let them i will i will love my kids i will give them not everything, but most of the things that they need, the basic needs that they need. Um, but at the same time, I'll also educate them. Like, hey, know that there are kids your age who didn't have this. Or when mommy was growing up, this is what it, it was. And, you know, you know, you having this, look at it as a privilege. Don't take it for granted. So I feel like conversation and education would um, kind of like level the playing ground when it comes to that. And, and I'm noticing that it has to be very gentle conversation. Mm-hmm, definitely. Because at the end of the day, they were never they, they weren't asked to be definitely. born, right? They they're here. Yes. And then you bring them up in a life that's totally like night and day. Yeah. But sometimes I think us as parents who are coming from that level of lack. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking that the kid should understand, but there's no way for no, the kid they to will understand. Not. They you won't. see what I mean? They won't. Yeah, so it's more of a very soft, gentle, definitely more teaching them humility than anything else, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And 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 you have to be gentle, true, but planting the seed. I call it as plant, consider it planting the seed mm. that when they become of age and they come up understanding, they could be like, oh, this is what mommy was trying to um, you know, explain it's to me. They may that. not understand it now. They may not put all the pieces together now, but eventually they will you know, kind of come along the ways to understand. Yeah, so speaking about planting the seed and young kids, um, uh, you, you in the bookkeeping business, right? And that has to do with finance. That has to do with money. Um, what are some of the lessons that you figured you'd start plant some of those seeds that you figured you'd plant in your kids early to help them in the future as they come of age? Yeah. Um, definitely number one would be budgeting. Ah. <laughs> you have to tell your money where to go. 
Because um, Dave Ramsey, like that. Dave Ramsey your money says, where to go. if you don't tell your money where to go, it's going to find somewhere to go. Have you ever, like, had, you know, some extra cash in your checking account and then you didn't budget to, to buy something on Amazon, but you bought something, you just found the money somewhere to buy that thing on Amazon? Yeah, so. I did. I, I spoke to my guys because I have a, a team of guys that I train, and I think the other day I was talking to them, and I think you are talking about something similar mm-hmm. called lifestyle creep. Yes, yes. Maybe. It, that thing is something. It so that's basically the same you. thing you're saying. Yeah, like you basically. had that money and it, yeah, keep it, going. And mm-hmm. it and you find some something to plug that money to. You you didn't have it along all along, but mm. just because it's sitting there, you know, you just eventually spend that money. So I feel like budgeting is definitely important. Um, if you're making a thousand dollars a month, all of your expenses should zero out to a thousand considering you know all of your day-to-day expenses you know um utilities food tuition whatever your monthly expenses are it should equal and of course saving savings yeah i get um, it um or investing Mm -hmm. um you you just make sure those two tie so Mm. that you don't have anything extra and money is going you you don't know where your money is going basically because you're you're having that extra in your account and 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 it not just having news for it. Yes, right? I was I was kind of looking on my shelf it, if if it was up there, but um, uh, richest man in Babylon mm. uh, book. I, I like that book. Okay, um, I haven't read that one yeah, yet. Yeah, it's a good one, and it says, 10% of what I earn mm-hmm. is mine to keep." Yes. So the whole concept is you pay yourself before pay you pay anything first. else. Yes. But it's 10%. I think in these days it, it has to be more, but but the concept is the same, yeah. right? Um, so you, you mentioned uh, budgeting, um, showing them correct values, any other things that you'd want to pass on to you, the um, younger Definitely younger investing, investing. Um, I believe that you should have money um, outside of the bank. Don't don't have all of your eggs in one basket. Don't have all of your money saved in a bank. Have some money invested, whether it's in the stock market, whether it's in EFTs, mutual funds. Um, you know, I'm going off a whole different no, tangent, can. but this is all yeah. finance, and and I just feel like it is so important for for them to to not only save money, paying themselves, also invest. That's another way of of um, accumulating, you know, more wealth, accumulating more money to, you know, for um, emergencies and, and all that good stuff. So passive, passive income. Passive basically. income, absolutely. Great. So you, you mentioned the well-known financial guru, mm-hmm. James Ram- uh, Dave, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, yes. Dave Ramsey. And he is all about saving. Mm-hmm. He got those five baby steps. Yep. I don't remember them all off the head, but <laughs> oh. the one is like get to a, a thousand bucks and then the other emergency is fund. an emergency fund mm-hmm. you know the other is just you know there's different things right do you do you subscribe to his teaching yeah, i actually did i um did the the baby steps one you know the savings emergency fund and then um paying off your debt ah, yeah. um that worked tremendously well for me um then life insurance, mm-hmm. um, I subscribe to that. I highly believe in that. I had a death in the family, and it's just so heartbreaking when you don't have that oh. financial cushion for those last expenses. So it's so important to have that. 
and then he talked about paying off your mortgage um so yeah i definitely subscribe to his 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 steps it has worked for me um in business though i feel like i need to ap apply something different but i definitely support his his um teachings awesome so let's talk about that business um flourish finance flourish uh, finance flourish finance yes. okay beautiful name by Thank the way you. um it and and it brings up thought of just growth yes words that come to mind when i hear the name is abundance yes absolutely. so I, I like the name a lot what's the inspiration for the name so, <laughs> this is funny i'm an accountant right so i'm all about numbers math all that good stuff so one of the things sheldon i did not do before pandemic was like reading a lot mm. read i didn't read enough i the most i would read is my bible um, but I didn't read outside of that. Mm -hmm. And so pandemic, you know, you know, we're all isolated and all that good stuff. I picked up a hobby and it was reading. <laughs> and yep. I mean, the, the knowledge that unfolded during that time is just was so mind blowing for me. And one of the things I learned is that there was a percentage of businesses that do not survive two years after they started their business and one of the reasons is because of lack of bookkeeping wow. and it just broke my heart it really broke my heart to to know that i could be doing so much more mm -hmm. and i'm limiting myself to just working for a company mm. and so that's when i figured like hey i would like to see more businesses bloom and blossom and and thrive in their in in their in their business and and if if they need need an accountant is what they need to continue then i'm here for it i'm here to help them i'm here to let them know that i'm here to support them um you know whatever financial uh aspect of their business that they need advice um I'm available. I was making myself, I decided to make myself available to more people. Yeah. And I, the only way I could do that wasn't through a job. It's through me making my, I go and have my own Your business. Your own business. Yeah. Awesome. And we're going to keep going down that road yeah. because you mentioned about reading. Yeah. Um, that thing changed my life. Yeah. Because the thing is, sometimes when you go to college, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're both college graduates. Yeah. You read all those textbooks and it's more like a chore. Yeah, exactly. It's a task. So by the time you it is a task. Mm -hmm. So by the time you go get out, you're like, I don't want to deal with that. You look at it as punishment rather than mm -hmm. you see. Yeah. So for me, it took me maybe like three to five years out of school to figure out that hey, mm -hmm. self-education is the right education. Yeah. So I just I started consuming as much books as I could and it, it definitely leveled up my life. Um, so, you know, I know you started your journey a while now since the pandemic has been ended, but a couple, couple quick one that I, I read that kind of changed me real quick was like that one right there, uh, uh, rich dad, yeah, poor dad. I, I like, you know, well. think and grow rich, mm -hmm. you, you probably, uh, richest man in Babylon. I haven't read that. Uh, never split the difference. I actually read that one. It's, it's actually, uh, pretty good. Um, I like uh, the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. um, that one is is pretty good. Uh, Who moved my cheese? Mm. These are all good books. These are I've all heard a lot about those. Yeah, books. they they will the 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 uh, the think and grow rich. Mm -hmm. um, I it was a property. Um, I'm pretty sure you're familiar that was just that I had access to. 
mm. and it was just being ran down, dilapidated, yeah. Yeah. stuff like that. And I read that book and I was like, Sheldon, really? What are you doing? What, what am I doing? <laughs> and in no time, it was a book that did that yes, for me. In, light bulb just went off. Light yeah. bulb because mm-hmm. I had met a gentleman and he just looked free mm. and he was in real estate. Mm. And I was like, it's, I was selling him soul, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Why is all the kids here, your wife is here, and you's here, and nobody's working? (laughs) And I was like, dude, your life just looks blissful. Mm -hmm. And they looked happy. You can feel people's energy when you go in their home. My job is to go into a lot of people's homes, so I know when the energy is right. I went in there, and I was like, this guy got his ish together. Mm -hmm. And I asked him what he did for a living, and he said, real estate. And he said um, he was the, in, uh, he owned a pizza shop, mm-hmm. giving all his time to pizza, mm-hmm. uh, making pizza. Wow. And he just took all that money, sold the pizza business, and just invested in real estate. Wow. And I was like, and I have a whole property mm-hmm. run down? Mm-hmm. I'm wasting time in life. You are. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But yeah. it, that's, that's, it's that exposure um, that, you have to, that you have to have. But um, yeah, books. It'll 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 do wonders for you. So that's amazing that you took that up for a hobby. So you got into business now, and you're your own boss. What um, what is the mindset that had to trigger that? Like, because again, uh, in the book uh, A Hero's Journey, um, you have to come up with a certain ordeal, mm-hmm. right? And then we get a call. We have a calling. And a lot of people get the calling, but they never take actually action. take action. Mm-hmm. As a business owner, what caused you to make that transition? Yeah, it, I definitely had to transition from employee mindset to an employer mindset because um, I didn't. I had to deal with a lot of um, mental. You know, how would I say? It's like mental half-truths, half-truths about myself, you know, half-truths about business owners, half-truths about employees. I had to I had to do a lot of shifting in, in regards to my mindset in order to be where I'm at. And I had to read a lot of self-help books, get coaching to transition. I'm glad you answered that because that yeah. was going to be my next question. How do you do that? Okay, so yeah. coaching, coaching, self-help. self-help books, um, and just plugging in into communities um to to help me transition to that but you know what really motivated me again is just being what really motivated me is um the need that was out there the need that was out there which is businesses being closed down they don't one of the reasons because of bookkeeping lack of bookkeeping and i just felt like i just had to meet help meet that need even if i meet Three percent of that population, I felt like I needed to help meet that need. Okay, so that need, um, what area do you focus on do you, for your bookkeeping business? Do you have a specific area you focus on? Yeah. And so, yes, I do. It's it's bookkeeping and accounting. There's a difference between tax accounting, of course. Um, it's like a psychiatrist and a um, what other type of doctor? A pathologist. You know, it's two different 
type of doctors in the finance world. Mm-hmm. Um, I simply, not simply, but I maintain the books regularly, daily, monthly, um, making sure, you know, all of the transactions you have within a particular period are considered. If, um, you know, my client needs to make some kind of business decision, I can advise them. I need to know some tax accounting, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure the businesses are in compliance with the tax laws that change like almost every day. <laughs> um, but mainly bookkeeping and accounting is what I focus on. And mainly bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. So in the app, so the software or the business that introduced that idea, both tax, accounting, and um, bookkeeping is into it, like uh, uh, QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a popular software that's available for accountants, and it's actually my favorite. Anybody who asks me about an accounting software, I'm going to be biased. QuickBooks is what I'm going to recommend because, you know, they've been around since I started my accounting journey, and they've improved, they improvised, and, and I just feel like it's really a great software to use. Okay. Um, so, like, for an entrepreneur or somebody who's considering to get into business ownership or stuff like that, like you mentioned that people fail oftentimes because they don't have bookkeepers, mm-hmm. right? But usually as a small business owner, you're just starting out. You don't even know if you want to start out. You figure that might be an expense that you're going to not deal with, yeah. right? Because you obviously got to pay people to keep your book. Um what would you say to individuals like that that think that they can do that type of stuff, which I, for most part I know they most likely cannot, yeah. why they need to actually have a bookkeeper on yeah. board as soon as yeah. humanly possible? Yeah. Um, that, that's great, Sheldon. I, um, it's unfortunate but accounting, bookkeeping just always get placed on the back burner. And even as an established business owner, I've seen businesses who've been in business for a long time. You know, my last job, they've been in business since 1997. And when I started working with them, I want to say in 2018, even though they were getting their books done, they were not paying attention to their bookkeeping. So I won't, you know, knock startups for not wanting to do their bookkeeping they do of course but it's just a something that people just feel like business owners feel like it's it's an expense i'll deal with later on maybe come tax season i'll do it you know but my encouragement to business owners is to definitely um get a bookkeeper work with a bookkeeper if you're starting up um me personally I have different plans. You know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm. I have different plans because if you're a startup business, of course, you don't have as many transactions in your business compared to somebody who's been in business for 20 years. So mm. I have different packages for different stages. And I feel like a lot of um, people who who are um, in accounting and offering bookkeeping services kind of apply the same thing. They are aware it's not a one-size-fits-all, and so they will offer something that's... Um, that's applicable and suitable for that business. And if you were to go to a specialist in in accounting world, a CPA or a tax accountant, if they're not specializing in bookkeeping, of course they'll be a little bit pricier because, okay, this is not something they do every day, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like trying to go to a, um, 
uh, I, I don't know, uh, I want to say a doctor who specializes in, you know, respiratory and, and going to a pediatrician. The pediatrician price deductible might be $40, mm. but to see the specialist is $80 because that person, you know, that's what they do. So um, a CPA or a tax accountant may charge a little bit price more than a regular person who's an uh, accountant or mm-hmm. a bookkeeper. So, okay. But definitely I would encourage them to, to work with somebody as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Yeah. So as soon as you start spending money. <laughs> ah, okay. And that's you walk out your house these days exactly money. Um, what are some of the to assess somebody, like what are some of the questions that you're asking them to to let them know that hey, um, this is something that you're doing and you're throwing money away and you could be keeping that money? Mm. Like what are some of the questions you ask to to get a to find a potential client if that makes sense oh to find a potential client mm-hmm. um i would say mm, it's kind of a tough one I'm, I'm sorry i'm not trying to stomp you. no 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 <laughs> i'm trying to think of an example where yeah. that happened um say for example like my business if mm-hmm. you want, um <clears throat> i you know you know, I've been doing business for a while now, um, but, you know, I'm currently, the biggest thing that's going on with my business right now is I've always always run a sales org, mm-hmm. right? I recruit, train quality salespeople who are going to be ethical, honest, and, and actually execute because my vision is to actually have more people have more control of their energy, right? And mm-hmm. solar does that, right? But because of the extension of me doing that good work, I've recently uh, closed an immense deal where now I get to partner with one of the largest um, solar company in the t- entire country. Nice. But that allows me on the back end to actually be a subcontractor for them. Mm. So not only I'm doing sales, mm-hmm. but now I'm doing actual solar installation. Okay. So that's a company that's, it looks like there's a lot of potential for that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of it is at the starting phase for, for some for some reason, right? Because okay. the install part is really just get going. But I'm very comfortable with your sales. Yes. Okay. So what type of advice would you give to me if you were trying to have? I'm just trying to frame the question. Yeah, a bit more different. Curious. Somebody like me that is in so, that scenario. Mm-hmm. He, what I need in far as a, a bookkeeper. So, okay. Or what are some of the questions you'd ask? Got you. Mm-hmm. So pretty much what I would do is trying to do an analysis of, you know, how advantageous is it for you to even venture out, you know, with the installation, like how profitable it is. Let's look at your current, your current um, financial situation with just the sales. How is that going? If mm-hmm. adding this segment of the business, is this going to mesh well with your business is it gonna continue to make your business profitable if not like how long do we see it not looking profitable before it becomes profitable so those are the kind of questions i would kind of like want to ask and then also kind of like research other companies who are doing the installation Mm -hmm. to kind of compare it and you know show you the numbers how this company is Mm -hmm. doing so you can have 
help you make a better decision. And so when I give that kind of insight, when I give that kind of um, resource to, to a potential client, if, if they kind of like follow along, if they kind of like see the value in it, then they'll be like, ah, oh, I definitely want to work with her because she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's asking. She knows what she's looking at. And, um, and then they decide like, hey, like, I could possibly work with you. If you should do a quick gauge of experience-wise uh, from what you've seen, what's the ratio of male versus female in accounting or, or bookkeeping? Is there a lot of males doing this job, females doing this job? Doing so accounting? Uh, accounting slash bookkeeping. Bookkeeping? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm. I feel like it's a, it's a woman-dominated industry. Honestly, in bookkeeping. in bookkeeping and accounting, um, in the taxes, I would kind of say 50, 50. Um, yeah, I don't see a lot of guys in accounting and bookkeeping. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they, they probably, the guys probably, um, see more, more value in doing the offering the taxes. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the taxes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so with that, for me, I, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of transition um, and it's building, building, building a team. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, clients, clients that you get, they're usually in phases like where I'm at or mm -hmm. they're usually further along. Yeah. Where are they normally in their development it's, phase? It varies, honestly, because, again, I have such a wide gap of experience um, that I can pretty much work with anybody at this point. But um, the people that I'm working with currently, they're pretty much under five years. They're under five years in business so far. And, and you said the percentage is pretty wild. Like the amount like, of people don't make it to five years, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So help them get over five help years. Them and get that's, over that. <laughs> help them get, <laughs> get over, over that bridge. Home, right? <laughs> over that bridge. It is, it is definitely a, a, a huge undertaking to start a business Absolutely. and, and you are doing that. So, so congrats on that. Thank you. Okay? And you as well. Yeah. Thanks. So what would you say to other people that were in your position at one point, um, that know, cause it's like, anytime you start a business, we usually, I, sometimes I'm talking to business owners always like, I'm actually talking to myself mm -hmm. in some sense. Mm -hmm. Because I do know the, the thought process that goes behind making that decision, right? Um, what would you say to individual who's working a nine to five, right? That accountant mm -hmm. or that bookkeeper who's just having the mindset to work for somebody else, but now they're thinking they want to work for themselves. What what are, what would be encouraging words for you or advice you would give to that individual? I would tell them definitely to believe in themselves that they are most times people are dealing with self-doubt like I, I'm not good enough or I don't believe in myself I can't do that I don't have the resources I would just encourage them to believe in themselves um, especially if you you're struggling with with doubts about your abilities because if you're working a nine-to-five and most of us, we work for jobs four years, five years. You must be doing an absolutely amazing job for this employer to keep you around, right? Five years. Exactly. Anything past Anything two years, you're doing a great. Anything past two years these <laughs> days, right? So um, you're doing a fantastic job at what you do. You know your stuff. 
believe in yourself and I would definitely encourage them if they want to pursue entrepreneurship, go for it. It is it is available to, to anybody who wants to just educate yourself and, and plug in. You said that. something that's in paramount, self-doubt. Yeah. Why does it plague us as human beings so much? Because even the high performers, they, they're plagued by it. Why, why do you think people like are... it's maybe a childhood thing. You know, maybe it, it developed from childhood. You know, people get bullied in school. Um, maybe parents are not encouraging their kids enough to say, hey, you know, you're doing an excellent job. Or they probably don't even feel like they're meeting up the expectations of their parents um so i feel like it starts from childhood and it just like we get conditioned into believing those thoughts and um and if i can go even spiritual i believe like um you know the devil also plays a part in that you know he tells us these lies and then we begin to believe those lies and then we tell ourselves tell ourselves those lies and we listen to ourselves more than we listen to anybody else, our thoughts, right? Mm. And so um, when we continue to replay those thoughts in our head, you know, we condition ourselves to believe those things and, 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 and it just brings us down a rabbit hole that some people come from it, you know, they pull themselves from it, and then others, they just kind of struggle with it in their adult adulthood. I really like how you answer that question. It it's mm. makes it, it makes sense why that would start that early. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned something, programming. Mm -hmm. um, even when I was saying about that book, Think and Grow Rich, mm -hmm. that's the whole thing is about that. Yeah, the is mind. The mind. The the, yeah, because it's, like, it's not like you can turn your thoughts off. Yeah. And it's either it's going to think something, so you have to program yes. it to think the think right the thing. The right things, exactly. Um, and that, that, that's totally... Uh, paramount if if you should and this is a weird question but if you could rewind the hands of time yeah okay and go right back to the day you came to america mm -hmm. what are some of the stuff that you would have done differently up until now hmm probably wouldn't go to college <laughs> really <laughs> i don't know that question just kind of came to me because <laughs> learn as an entrepreneur you learn so <laughs> many different things it's like you know you learn about the rat race about how they conditioning mm. us to you know i might want to take like that statement you know after i said it but no, i would good. say like um, it's not it's not that big of a deal, you know, if you don't go to college because there are courses available. You can self teach yourself, yes. you know, your discipline. If you have the discipline mm -hmm. and the desire, like I had to complete a four year degree, I could teach myself the things that I needed mm -hmm. to to learn in order to be where I'm at. I may not have taken the same amount of time, but at least I will save some of that money I spent on student loans, right? True. And paying that interest and 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 on the struggle bus. So yeah. um I would I would tell myself it's not a big deal if I make it through college or if I don't make it through college. Why do you think immigrants are so allergic to debt? Why do you think we hate debt so much? It's not a good thing. <laughs> 
thing. <laughs> well, on the individual side, on the personal side. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're in business, yeah, yeah. business a different thing. So that's why I said I appreciate Dave Ramsey's subscriptions. But on the other side, not that I'm an entrepreneur, I have a different um, theory when it comes to debt. But on the consumer side, on the individual side, I don't think it's a really good thing to have. Um, credit is, is very important here in the U.S. Um, so, of course, you want to have a good credit score. But um, on the flip side of that, the business side, I feel like debt is a good thing to have. It's good to use other people's money. Yes, yes. That, that's, uh, that's, very, that's very important. Because, you know, that question kind of just came to my mind for the simple fact that it's like whenever you come here, it's like a whole new slate. Yeah. It's like you get to write that that page um, all over in order to, to, to project you forward in your life. And the most thing that a lot of people don't realize is if they are trying to achieve, like, different things, kind of like us. You know, we're immigrants. We, we, we try, right? Mm-hmm. But failure comes. Yeah. You know, the Lord knows I've had my fear yeah, share. Yeah, did. Um, how, how, how have you gone to get over any failures that you might have had to propel you long enough for you to get to the point of being a business owner and adding value to other business owners? Yeah, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I haven't had my share failures. I've made a lot of mistakes. You wouldn't be an entrepreneur if <laughs> exactly. you wasn't. Exactly. And um, what I've done differently is not beat myself up so much when I have those failures. Because pr- previously, you know, I would really get, get down on myself, like, you know, can you really messed up, I'd really beat myself up. But now I'm looking at it like, you know, it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. What did you learn from this? How can you be better? What can you do differently? So I ask myself these questions now to kind of like process um, when I make those mistakes. You know, I don't be so hard on myself. So it's it's part of the game. in, in, in terms of basketball, right? Yeah. You had to shoot thousands of balls to become, you know, the championship. You, you know, you, with soccer, you had to play how many world, world, um, what, what it Race, called it? Uh, championships yeah, or World the, Cups? The World Cups before you can actually get a championship. You don't get it the, the same year you yeah. actually play. So, um, it's the same thing in entrepreneurship. You, you, you have to, or anything, you make a lot of mistakes and you just have to give yourself grace. Mm. whenever you make those mistakes. And bring it back a little bit, uh, back to the business side of things. Um, you, you know, taxes are, are important for Absolutely. most small business. Mm-hmm. What are some of those common write-offs that you see that uh, business owners can take advantage of, but they don't know that they even exist? Mm. So... It depends on the nature of the business. Um, and before I speak on that, I'm not a CPA, but again, I need to know some tax law for me to be able to make sure you're in compliance. And so what I would say is um, you ha- it starts with the way you set up your books. If you don't set up your books the right way, um, then you won't be able to take advantage of those, those deductions that are available to you. And so... Um, 
It can be from insurance, business insurance. It can be uh, home office expenses, mileage, auto expenses, um, uh, contract work. Contract work, it can be a, a consulting, mm. can be a, a write-off. So it just depends on the way you set up your books. And then once you set up your books the right way, you're able to... to um, take advantage of those deductions and and i feel like those are some that business owners can miss out if their books are not set up the right way quickbooks helps me um with that a lot on just trying to make sure i kind of keep all my ducks in a row and it took me a while to even get there because it's like i well i know what's coming in i know what's going out but it's you know (laughs) sometimes i have to get stuff for the office sometimes i have to get gas up otherwise and and it just it just becomes a lot if you're not keeping tabs on it yeah so you mentioned earlier as well that you started reading books you started networking um, you started talking to the different type of people did you ever end up finding a mentor or did you started mentoring anyone or what is that What's your opinion on, on mentorship? I think mentorship or coaching is very important, especially, like I said, coming from like an employee mindset and, um, you know, just being conditioned to think a lot of things. You know, the way to unlearn those things, mm. um, I feel like it's important to have a coach or a mentor. And I've had those. I've invested in it. I feel like it's the best investment I made in myself because I learned a lot of things that I didn't know, that I didn't know about business. And, you know, in when you go to college, you learn all these, you know, like you have all these electives that you have to take Mm. and you are focusing on accounting. You don't learn, you know, (laughs) I don't, Let's say, for example, marketing. You don't you don't really understand the value of marketing, you know, just going through college. And so um, working with a coach helped me to identify those areas that I wasn't, you know, savvy in. And um, I just really feel like it was a really good investment for me. Yeah, and even in school, mm-hmm. um, a lot of finance, there's no financial literacy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you, I don't know what, like this, for example, arts, if you choose a course that has nothing to do with finance, they, you know, you don't, you don't get to learn those basic, you know, basic principles. And I feel like it should be included in the curriculum, whether yeah. it's in college or high school or some kind of and you said once you start getting your mentor, you started to learn a lot about business. Do you mind talking about some of the stuff that you learned? Just so, um, like I said, marketing, you know, marketing myself, you know, I did not know how to do it. I don't know what to say, what to do. Um, operations of a business, like what goes into operating your business. Um, we covered those kind of things. Um, and just... It, I feel like we really honed in on marketing. How do I sell myself? How do I present my services? How do I, you know, convert a sale? Because all of that is important, you know, into, you mm. know, driving your business, especially if it's a service based. Yeah. Um, um, what else we talked about? Like, you know, like employees, personnel, you know, hiring people. You know, that's not something I would have thought about, you know, as an employee. Scaling. Yeah, scaling my business. You know, there's different levels. And, and, and just just going into that, diving into that is some of those things that we covered. And those definitely play a great role. They to, did. To, and 
So <clears throat> um, you mentioned marketing yourself, stuff like that. What about networking? What's your thought on that and how do you go about it and do you have any advice on anyone who wants to market themselves and network yeah you definitely have to immerse yourself in community i just went to a networking event last night um <laughs> because i see value in it you connect with people who who you know they they want to meet people who are like-minded as you but also get resources that are helpful for them in business because they realize you know, that there are also things that they don't know. So plugging into community with people who are like-minded, who are, you know, trying to go where you want to go and learning from them, you know, what can I do in my business to improve? I feel like it's so important. And I get that networking, you know, meeting new people, connecting with new people, connecting with people who are more experienced than I do in the business, connecting with people who are on the same level field as I am and connecting mm. with people who are... I struggle with networking. You do? Yeah. Why? Are it you don't shy seem like it. <laughs> it don't seem like it, but I really do. Um, put me one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. game on. You get it. Okay. Game on. Like even really awkward one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. game on. Yeah. But put me in a like place where I have to go. People. Uh, it's, yeah. It's uh, and like and I, and even one-on-one -on, -one on a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Like, mm -hmm. like a public speaker. Yeah, you could get me one on a lot. I'm in my element, one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. I'm like a fish in water. <laughs> but just put me in a room like where there's just a lot of people. It's like, yeah. uh, do I really even want to go talk mm -hmm. to you right now? Wow. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Why? What can you tell somebody like myself that's... I'm not like an introvert. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Because you speak to people. Yeah, that's my nature, my mm -hmm. job. And I, but I'm on the cusp. I'm like halfway introvert, halfway extrovert. Yeah. So I can turn either one on and off oh. whenever I feel like. Um, but... What do you tell somebody like that who, who would want to start networking? Because I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, do I do I go join a golf club? What, what do I do <laughs> to get in certain type of environment where you could meet certain people that you would not uh, otherwise not have met? Um, but that's just not my nature, yeah. right? What would you ad advise somebody like me? So one of the things I love about Houston is how diverse it is, right? You have so many different people, so many different cultures, so many different networking opportunities, so many different, just different, right? Mm. And so maybe you just need to find something or a group of people or a community that you really like or you can kind of resonate with. Mm. Maybe salespeople, sales salespeople um, networking com um, organization. Mm. And... Um, you know, maybe start there. You know that the people in that that arena are same in the same level field as you. So y'all obviously have something that y'all can have a conversation about. Uh. And then um, when you go to an event, whenever you go to you you meet up in this group of people, maybe use your approach. One person, okay, I see this one person in this area. I'll go talk to that one person. I'll just work my way around instead of trying to kind of feel like overwhelmed oh, with a bunch of people. I could do that. So, yeah, that, that's what that's I would. That's a good advice. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm good one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. but uh, it's like, uh, do I need to go talk to this person, that person, this yeah. person? Um, but yeah, that that that's uh, that's a great advice. Um, you've been, you've came and provided a lot of value on today. Trust me, I, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed it as having well. you on. And I... As business pick up, as um, you know, you know, the, the, or podcasts grow, I definitely would like to have you back. Absolutely, at some point. I would love to. Come yeah, because this was definitely 
a pleasure. And uh, from one island to another, to another <laughs> one love, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so well, much, Sheldon, for, sure. for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. It was. was fun. For sure, for sure. Awesome.